and welcome to the Sycamore Tree. Here we read scripture in community to get a new perspective and see the world through our neighbor's eyes. I'm Pastor Katie, and this is the third season of our podcast. This season, we will be learning from one another about praying body, mind, and soul. Today's special guests are Anne Hefner. Hello. And Mary McCracken. Hello. So we're going to start with our favorite little game called Show Me Your Roots. And in this game, each of us answers some questions so our listeners can get to know us better. Who wants to go first? I will. Okay, thanks, Mary. So, uh, Mary, would you rather ride a bike, drive a car, or hike on foot? Ride a bike. Oh, okay. And uh, have you ever held a sign on a corner? No. And what was it for? Never. Never. Never held a sign on the corner. Okay, no. all right. When you want to hide away from the world, where do you go? Into a room by myself with a book. With a book. Yes, I can see that. Do you have a special hiding place for secret treasures or Christmas presents? Now, you don't have to tell us exactly where it is, but you know. Uh, Probably in a hall closet. A hall closet. All right. So, Bob, if you're listening, you know where to look. Okay. (laughs) So, uh, now, Anne, it's your turn, and then one of you can ask me questions after that. So, Anne, what what about you? Would you rather ride a bike, drive a car, or hike on foot? Well, I used to like to hike on foot, and now it's probably drive a car. Mm Mm-hmm. Have you ever held a sign on a corner? Yes. Okay. What was it for? Civil rights. Civil rights. Awesome. Uh, When you want to hide away from the world, where do you go? I also go to my room with a book and a dog. (laughs) And number four, do you have a special hiding place for secret treasures or Christmas presents? Yes, I do. (laughs) But you're not going to tell, huh? I'm not going to (laughs) tell. Okay. All right. One of you want to ask me the questions? I will. Okay, thanks. Katie, would you rather ride a bike, drive a car, or hike on foot? Um, I love uh, hiking. I, I think I would pick the hiking, um, but uh, I, I think that the mountains would probably not necessarily need to be that high for it to be <laughs> fun and rewarding. So, Have you ever held a sign on a corner? And what was it for? Um, I have. It wasn't so much for uh, social justice or anything, just for um, raising money for car washes. Uh, several car washes I've participated in over the years for mission trips. When you want to hide away from the world, where do you go? Um, so uh, I can hide in a crowd. I think that I would rather go like sit in a coffee shop and sit anonymously. So that's kind of my, I know that that seems kind of opposite of hiding, but for me, it's, it is my place to get away. Um, and it is technically hiding away from my daughters. So, uh, Do you have a special hiding place for secret treasures or Christmas presents? Yes, and I feel so liberated because the girls aren't old enough to look for their presents yet. And so I, I have them just 
hidden in a, a, a closet, easy to get to, you know, no lock on the door or anything. Um, and Samantha has no idea um, that they're, we're just playing in the room next to all of her Christmas presents. Um, but it's fun. So uh, as we go into uh, our actual study of scripture, now that we've known each other a little better, um, Anne, would you like to start us off with prayer? Okay. Please pray with me. Our Heavenly Father, we are blessed to be your hands and feet on this earth. Open our minds today and always so that we may see the injustices and the joys as well as the suffering of those around us. Open our hearts so that we can embrace all of your creation. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. 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 Next, we will read scripture using a practice called Lexio Divina. Now, if you've never done this before, it's really a prayerful practice of reading scripture. As we speak the words, we listen for God as the Holy Word, speaking to us right here in this moment. When we say we believe that the Bible is the living Word of God, we mean that we believe God actually speaks to our hearts as we read it. Each of us will take a turn reading the text for today from our own Bibles, and then the listeners will respond. So first, we will share only one word at a time, then whole phrases, and finally, we will interpret the scripture for our lives and ask each other questions. All right, so today we'll be learning about prayer from Matthew, chapter 6, verses 5 through 8. Mary, will you start us off? Yes. Today I'm reading from the Common English Bible. I'm reading Matthew 6, 5 through 8. But when you pray, go to your room, shut the door, and pray to your Father who is present in that secret place. Your Father who sees what you do in secret will reward you. When you pray, don't pour out a flood of empty words as the Gentiles do. They think that by saying many words, they'll be heard. Don't be like them, because your Father knows what you need before you ask. Shut. Secret. Gentiles. Reward. Flood. Empty. Pray. Go. Street. Corners. Reward. Praying. Love. Standing. Door. Synagogues. Empty. Your father. Poor. Nose. Present. And now we'll read it a second time. Uh, I'll be reading from the new Oxford Annotated Bible, uh, the Revised Standard Version. <clears throat> and when you pray, you must not be like the hypocrites, 
for they love to stand and pray in the synagogues and at the street corners, that they may be seen by men. Truly, I say to you, they have received their reward. But when you pray, go into your room and shut the door and pray to your Father who is in secret. And your Father who sees in secret will reward you. And in praying, do not heap up empty phrases as the Gentiles do, for they think that they will be heard for their many words. Do not be like them, for your Father knows what you need before you ask him. And now we'll share whole phrases that hold meaning or startled you. You must not be like the hypocrites. Go to your room. They think that they will be heard for their many words. Don't pour out a flood of empty words. Yeah, thanks for reading that again, Mary, because mine says, do not heap up empty phrases. I liked how in the Common English translation it was pour out. I think it makes it seem more like a like a flood of words. Uh-huh. All, all at once. Uh-huh, all at once. Just almost mm-hmm. like a babbling because they're empty words. Uh-huh, uh-huh. They have received their reward. And pray to your Father who is present in that secret place. They may be seen by others. They love to pray standing in the synagogues. That they may be seen by men. For your Father knows what you need. Don't be like them. As we read through the scripture for the third time, listen for questions that come up for you or something you want to discuss as it applies to our lives or to our world. So let let us listen for the Holy Spirit speaking to us. Jesus said to his disciples, And whenever you pray, do not be like the hypocrites, for they love to stand and pray in the synagogues and at the street corners, so that they may be seen by others. Truly, I tell you, they have received their reward. But whenever you pray, go into your room and shut the door and pray to your Father who is in secret. And your Father who sees in secret will reward you. When you are praying, do not heap up empty phrases as the Gentiles do, for they think that they will be heard because of their many words. Do not be like them, for your Father knows what you need before you ask him. So what are some things that come to your mind? I'll tell you, I I chose this scripture because it comes right before the Lord's Prayer in Matthew, where he's he's actually talking about, you know, what we do when we pray, even though it's not the words. But I, I was thinking about how this is about like where you go or what you physically do, uh, body, mind, and soul, uh, not just the actual words. And so I w- what I was thinking about was these directions about where to go or what not to do. 
and and that's why I chose it for us today. But um, but what do you what did you guys hear? It's almost like um, it says, "But when you pray, go to your room," uh, as if that's uh, the only place that you could go and pray. Mm-hmm. When there are other places that many places that people pray. So limit uh, almost a limitation on where you can pray. Mm-hmm. Well, it's funny because Jesus didn't. Well, Jesus didn't have a room, right? Like right. he says that he doesn't have a place to lay his head, but but outside seems to be his room. Like he he does go to go to the garden. So maybe he thought of that as like. A secret place that was his. But go to your room. When you said that earlier, all I could think about was like a mother saying that to their children. And Jesus does that every once in a while, sounding like a mom. <laughs> he does, I think Jesus does, and it seems to be what he's recommending here is to remove yourself from, from others uh, so that you can commune with God without um, distraction. Uh-huh. Distraction. Without distraction. Mm-hmm. Because that's why I like to go to a room with no one else in it, because I have a lot of trouble concentrating sometimes on my reading, and so the quiet helps me really concentrate and get into the book. The first thing that I that I would get sort of kind of grabs my attention is the word hypocrites, mm-hmm. and then it captures my attention, and so that I'm thinking about that as as I read the rest of it, uh, and then he says Gentiles, uh, he equates hypocrites with Gentiles, and I'm wondering about that. Um, what does he really mean by that? Uh, because if supposedly if Gentiles go off and pray. Uh, remove themselves and pray as he recommends, then they would not be hypocrites. (laughs) Uh Uh-huh. But it seems as if in this brief, I'm sure there's been some, uh, because it was written after the fact, and quite a few years after the fact, if there's been some... uh, uh, misinterpretation there that that that's not the, the meaning that Jesus intended to maybe I'm just reading into it what I would like for Jesus to say and <laughs> just because you're a Gentile doesn't mean you're hypocrite uh-huh <laughs> but I do I, I, I did as I read that word the word hypocrite then I kind of lost track of the rest of it for a while until I could go back and reread it. Well, I'm someone who's known to pray for a long time and sometimes go on and on, but so so sometimes I worry about this phrase, like that uh, do not heap up empty phrases or use too many words uh, because... God knows what you need, but um, sometimes I feel like I need to hear the words, and uh, and others 
benefit from hearing the prayer. And when you, when you look at the, the, the Lord's Prayer, it's so concise and simple, and it asks for every, I mean, it, you know, it, it says everything that we, we need. Mm-hmm. Uh, it doesn't say everything we want, but it does say everything we need. And so up in uh, verse 8, don't be like them because your Father knows what you need before you ask. And so that ties in with the Lord's Prayer, give us the bread we need, daily bread. So I, I think that's kind of a connection. And we don't have to say lots of words to try and get God's attention. He already has his attention on us. I've always, when I've read this, um, they love to pray standing in the synagogues on the street corners. I've always kind of tried to picture that. And um, I, I think sometimes I think of um, people that are homeless that stand on the street corners. Mm-hmm. What their goal is in mind, they have in mind, and most of us, the sign kind of tells you that. But I have seen some that have actually said, pray for me. And then they've, you know, gone on to say that they have no money, they need a place, whatever. But um, I always think that's interesting that they put that in there on their sign. I had never thought about it that way, Mary. So, like, so it's as if they're standing on the street corner so that people see their need. And those who were praying and standing on the street corner just to be seen, they wanted to be seen as better than others. Um, but it's it's a different situation. But... But when you pray, when you're on that street corner, you are seen. And, and that that brings up the, the thought that I had when you said that we we think we see what they need. I mean, we assume we see what they need, but maybe we don't see what they really need. And I can always relate to the ones that say they are veterans. Because of my because my son served in the military, and I know that there are a lot of veterans that are in really dire straits, and it's hard to see that and not mm-hmm. make that connection that that could be my son standing on that street corner. Mm-hmm. God sees what they need in this, but we. We don't necessarily. And we just have assume to. that they want they want money. Mm-hmm. And seeing those people on the street corner, they are someone's son, someone's daughter, and they're a child of God. Again, like Anne said, we don't know what's behind the reason that they're standing on that street corner, mm-hmm. but God knows. I, I was looking at the at the scripture before that, before the, the one that was chosen. And 
it sort of echoes it, but it, it sort of previews to, I think, if you read verse 2 through verse 8, um, it's a little, a little bit different take. Thus when you give alms, sound no trumpet before you go, as the hypocrites do in the synagogues and in the streets, that they may be praised by men. It's a little bit clearer about what he considers to be a hypocrite. I think this for me is a good reminder to take time for myself and go in secret and pray because I feel like as a pastor, it's not I'm not necessarily called to stand on the street corner and pray, but at the same time I am, you know, technically the Facebook is kind of a street corner, and uh, it's uh, part of my calling is to help us reach out to the community and be seen. So some of this really puts me in uh, a, a faith check or whatever that uh, to to make sure that I take time to uh, to to see God, to sit with God when I'm. A lot of the times I'm helping people pray or that uh, praying for others or or even when I'm thinking about how advertising the church or <laughs> telling people about the church or telling people about God. I mean, we want to be seen. We want to uh, share the good news, but we're also called to take time away from that and care for ourselves. Well, I'm always I'm always a little uncomfortable praying in public. I feel a greater responsibility when I'm praying for everybody else. Mm-hmm. And, and always, you know, when you're with us in a group and we have a closing prayer or an opening prayer, we kind of look to you, you know, to give, or to bless, you know, do a food blessing. Um, and it's, it's, it is a big responsibility when you're praying for others, when you're asking God. I know there have been a couple of times when pastors have prayed for something I didn't want. <laughs> I didn't want to happen. <laughs> but um, <laughs> that kind of goes with the territory, I guess. It, it is pretty dangerous. You're right that there there's a dangerous line when we're talking with someone and we hear what we think they need. Uh, <laughs> but that it may not be what God desires for them or what they desire. So and that's how it is with when we're listening to anyone. Sometimes we can see where someone else is going, but it doesn't mean that they need to hear it. True. <laughs> He's a little hard on Gentiles here and on this in this passage. Yeah. So what's crazy about this with him being uh, so hard on the Gentiles? He he's really hard on uh, people who are not Jewish in this gospel and. Later, there's the Canaanite woman who he call, literally calls a dog and says that he didn't come to, uh, to take the children's food and throw it to the dogs. And she said, yes, Lord, um, even the dogs eat the crumbs that fall from the master's table. So, you know, you, you could look back on this in one way and say, well, this is early in Jesus' ministry and, you know, does he open up? to those people on the street corner? Does he open up to Gentiles? 
The answer would be yes. But it also makes me wonder, you know how when you're like talking to one of your kids that always does it one way, um, you know, if, if you were talking to the one that was always in the closet, um, would you, or was always in their room sitting in, in secret, would, would he, would you, wouldn't you say you need to get out and, and discover things? And so I wonder about that too. Was he, uh, you know, making this teaching specifically for those students um, that were just, were being a little too rowdy and maybe to get them to come back and take that time of rest with God or or what he would have said to the 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 one who liked to sit on the sidelines mm-hmm. or to just sit in the boat with the fish. Of course, of course this, is, this is a different time and they didn't always have, the, the kids didn't have their own rooms, you know, and we didn't have going off into my room would have been an impossibility because I wouldn't have had a room. Um, so, right. You know, you have to. Where do you go? Up on the roof, maybe. Uh, if there's a, you know, where where would you go? Uh, living like they lived, close in the close quarters. Well, and maybe it's like you said that um, you know, Jesus would go to a garden, he would go someplace else. So in this, maybe it could be interpreted, go to your room, um, to a place, another place mm-hmm. that is kind of your secret place. Because sometimes children you know, will say, oh, I have a secret place. And it will be, well, sometimes it's like a, Treehouse, but still, it's uh, it's not their room where they sleep, and all that. So I don't know. That might be interpreted that way, I guess. Of course, it says shut the door, so I'm not sure. <laughs> now I'm gonna have to do extra study and figure out what the, what it says and what your that's, room means. You know. That's why I, I really struggle with Matthew, you know, you think it's straightforward and then you think, a minute, you know, what was that all about? And I was laughing as I was looking back through it. For some reason, I always picture a closet, but the word closet is not there anywhere. (laughs) But there's something to me about going into a space that where no one else is, that it's, it means a closet. But they probably didn't even have closets oh, then, right? So they didn't have separate rooms. They didn't have closets. Um, but but actually, when I was little, I used to do that, that I would go in the closet. And Samantha did that the other day because there's a big space at the bottom of our closet. And we usually store things there, and it was empty at that moment. And she closed herself in there, and she was just, you know, just sitting, playing on the kazoo. My mother used to make a tent for me with a... With the dining room table, you know, she'd put quilts and things over. And I loved that. I could crawl in there and I would feel like nobody could see me. Nobody, you know, would know I was there and I got, that I was hidden away. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think probably part of what your room is, is, is psychological. It's where you set, you know, where you kind of set the space 
for whatever it is you're doing. And I, and I think probably people then kind of had to find, as you said, find their space in the middle of whatever else is going on around them. And maybe there's something to it about the having the, the space hidden to just be yourself, mm-hmm. to let down your guard, and uh, you don't have to hold up this mask or fill, fill the, whatever role in society that you mm-hmm. have to do. You can just be yourself before God and just let everything go. What he does say here, just rereading it, go to your room and shut the door. So he's, he's thinking of a spatial, uh, you know, a, 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 some place that has, it's a definite space that has defined parameters. So. But since he's always speaking in metaphors, that, metaf- mm-hmm. that shut the door may just be like shutting everything out. But, yeah. but I like that it, it makes me hear like, <laughs> like a slam door. Very enigmatic thought. Well, like you said, go to your room, shut the door. That's <laughs> kind of what you <laughs> envision. Yes. So. <laughs> and pray to your father. <laughs> I'm sure you get that part in. <laughs> the parental Jesus. Yes. <laughs> So to close us out today, how about we read from verse 9? And I'll I'll read this translation, and as I do, you can kind of pray the Lord's Prayer in your heart. Pray then in this way, Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, And forgive us our debts, as we also have forgiven our debtors. And do not bring us to the time of trial, but rescue us from the evil one. For if you forgive others their trespasses, your heavenly Father will also forgive you. But if you do not forgive others, neither will your Father forgive your trespasses. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Well, Anne and Mary, thank you so much for joining me. And thank you to our listeners for coming to our metaphorical house today. And we'll see you next time at the Sycamore Tree. Or catch us on Sundays at St. Luke Presbyterian Church in Amarillo, Texas. Shalom, y'all.